Well, happy Resurrection Day. Okay, yeah, all right, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, um, I want to, Jack, you have these? I would like every, fa every family to have one. It's a Max Lucado, he did this just for you. I uh, want every family to take one home. Uh, I didn't write it, Max Lucado did, but I wanted you to remember um, Easter Sunday in a special way. And so I uh, got uh, some of these books for you to have and take home with you. The title of my message uh, this morning is, I know the plans I have for you, resurrection plans. <laughs> Most of the time, whenever we think of that scripture, uh, I know the plans for you is Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, I know the plans uh, for you, I have for you plans of peace and not evil, plans to give you an expected in and the future. Well, I, I like the one translation. It says, I know what I am planning, okay? Now, whenever we, whenever we think of the resurrection, we think of, when we think of Jesus Christ dying on the cross, we are aware of what Christ came and the, what God came to do for us is to save us from our sin. Now, most of the time, we don't... When do you realize that you, there's a plan for your life? When do you realize that you, you, everybody say I, I, God has a I plan for you. <laughs> and it's a personalized plan. It's a personalized plan that involves that while you were yet in your mother's womb, God knew you, formed you, and put into you all of the abilities and, and all of the genetic makeup that you are, that inside of that package, there is a you that God has a plan for that person all the way through to eternity. All right? Now, <laughs> when, when I was much younger, <laughs> I used to think that... that um, well, if I mess up, you know, if I make a mistake, I'm missing God's plan. Well, I've, over the years and so on, I've come to realize God knew the mistakes I would make, and he already planned for that. <laughs> he already planned for the times that I would make mistakes, and he planned for a way of bringing me back to, or bringing me to, the exact place and time that he had for my life to go on. Now, we always have to emphasize this. We have the ability to choose. God does not force us into a, uh, a direction or a mold. or he, he gives us the ability to choose the direction for our life. And what we do is we're asking God to help us make the right choices. And that we have to trust God with those choices. And that we have desires. Well, sometimes the desires we want don't come to fruition. And, but it doesn't mean they were wrong desires. It just means that they took us to a certain place, and at that certain place, we made a, different cho we made a, a change in our direction. I, I always remember counseling that you can't change, you can't go right or left until you reach the T in the road. <laughs> so going too soon, you just end up in the ditch. But you have to reach the end, of, you have to arrive at the wall before you can turn left or right, because that's where the road is. 
So in our life, God has a plan for us. And one of the plans we have to always keep in mind, I am an eternal being. You will live forever. In Adam, we were made physical. In Christ, we are made spiritual. Christ died for the spiritual man that the spiritual man can recognize and be cleansed of all sin, which means that as my spiritual man is cleansed, so also is my human. In Adam, all die. In Christ, all are made alive. So one of the first things we realize as a human is that our, we're not going to live forever. In Adam, all die. But in Christ, all are made alive. So whenever we realize God has made a plan for us, he has included in that plan the resurrection. We are all going to see Jesus. We're all going to stand before God. Now, there are two times that people can stand before God. One is to receive eternal life. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And there's the other which we don't want to meet up with. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to go there. So, now, the, the scripture that I have for today is not Jeremiah 29.11. The scripture I have is Philippians 1.6. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So, God has already begun the work that he wants to do in you. Sometimes we don't feel that way. I remember in high school and you know, playing sports and going to college and all that stuff, I, I, um, I, just, I, made my I made my decisions, but I didn't realize that I was actually following the plan of God. You would think that, you know, in high school and graduating, and I was, I was 16 when I started my senior year in high school, and so I was very young and graduated at, at 17, and went to college, and I applied to one school, and I got in, and I went there, and went there a second year, and I felt God calling me into the ministry. And so in that second year there at the liberal arts college, um, first day uh, back, first day going, who did I meet? Rhonda. <laughs> first day, the previous year, my whole freshman year, I never dated anyone. I found out later that hundreds of women wanted to go out with me, but they just never asked. <laughs> okay, I'll step back. God, strike. there's lightning coming, you know. <laughs> but little did I know in making those plans that I was actually fulfilling the will of God and, and all those things coming together. But in our lives, sometimes, you know, we don't think we're doing the right thing. We don't feel like it's, you know, we made a mistake. But, you know, God didn't, let's say it this way. God has a plan and God knows all the mistakes and failures we'll make. But that never stops him from loving us and forgiving us. Okay? He never stops loving us. He never stops loving us. Now, whenever we, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I heard that voice, you know. Thank you very much, yes. Um, at the moment when Jesus spoke the words on the cross, it is finished, okay? 
I know it's Easter Sunday. What do we have to do with this? I am certain that God who began a good work in you will continue his work until it is finished. Did you know that uh, a man looks for a wife and searches all of his life to find a wife? And when he finds his wife, he's finished? <laughs> I was waiting, guys. You know, that was your opportunity, you know. It's like, all right, so. Got to be quick on this. So when Jesus says it is finished, um, it certainly looked like the end. When Jesus is hanging on the cross, it certainly looked like everything that the people had believed in, everything that his followers had hoped for, has come to an end. You know, they didn't expect him to die. They expect Jesus, they expected him to be a conquering hero like David in the Old Testament, that he was going to set up a kingdom and drive out the Romans. We, you know, the, the, the Jewish people in Israel, they wanted rid of the Roman captivity. They wanted freedom. And Jesus came, but he came to set us free from sin, which is greater than the Roman oppression. And so when the disciples and followers came to that realization that everything they believed in, everything that they hoped in, was completely destroyed because Jesus allowed himself to be crucified. Now, we wouldn't think that it was him allowing it, but as we look back on the situation, as we look back on what was happening in that week prior Jesus came, he was fulfilling his destiny. He was fulfilling the plan that God had for his life. And that plan meant going to the Garden of Gethsemane. And you see, Jesus defeated the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. Because it was in the Garden of Gethsemane that the soldiers came with torches and things to find Jesus. If he wanted to, he could have just slipped out and over the hill, they'd have never found him. They wouldn't have found him. And everything would have been postponed and because Jesus is the Lamb of God who was the sacrifice for sin. The Passover was taking place on Friday when Jesus would be crucified. When they would offer the lamb, the sacrificial lamb in the tabernacle for the sins of the nation of Israel, Jesus was hanging on the cross being the sacrificial lamb for the sin of all humankind. And it, he just couldn't be crucified at some random time. He had to be crucified at a very specific time. He had to be crucified at a specific time because in that specific time, was, it was fulfilling what had taken place for centuries in the Old Testament when the priests would lay their hands on a sacrifice and kill that sacrifice and place it on the altar. In the, at that same time, they would have two goats. One they would put their hands on and as it were, transfer the sins of the people onto one goat and onto another. The one goat was t 
taken out into the wilderness, the scapegoat. The sins of the people were laid upon the scapegoat to be removed from the congregation and the other would be killed for the sacrifice that it was paying for the sins of the people. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world that never to be remembered against us again. So whenever we think of our sin, know that God doesn't. When we've confessed our sin, we are forgiven. So when Jesus is on the cross and he is dying and the people look at him, they feel like everything that they had believed in, everything that they had confidence in in Jesus, even, even you know, just the few days prior to that, they had ra- ra- laz- excuse me, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. I mean, what more could you ask for to, so- uh, to solidify their beliefs and solidify what they knew of Jesus? He has power to raise the people from the dead. And then... He's taken to be beaten, scourged, 39 stripes, put a crown of thorns on his head and beaten on him with palm branches and ripped out his beard, punched him, buffeted him, and then make him carry his cross to a place where they were going to execute him. Lazarus from the dead, Palm Sunday, triumphal entry, And then the crucifixion. From the greatest height that they could imagine to the greatest despair they could ever think of. (laughs) So far down in their understanding that everybody ran for their lives. Even Peter. And so we find how all this came together. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, it looks as if Jesus dying on the cross, it's over. But maybe it wasn't. When Jesus says that it is finished, maybe it wasn't just a statement of fact. It was a statement of faith. It was a statement of faith that Jesus is saying to the Father, I've done my part, Father. Into your hands I commit my spirit. You see, it was important that Jesus said that. I commit my spirit to you. Jesus didn't die. He gave up his spirit. He he gave his life willingly. That made him a living sacrifice. They didn't take his life. He gave it. And whenever he said, I've done my part, it fulfilled his destiny. It fulfilled that for which he was created. Or excuse me, he was not created. He is God. That fulfilled the destiny for which he came. God becoming man. So, Jesus is saying, I have total trust. I have total confidence that you are going to finish what you started through me. That's what Jesus is saying to the Father when he says it is finished. I know that you are going to complete. I'm dying. I'm giving my life. But you are going to complete what you started in me. So here we are. And Paul is saying to us what he said to the church at Philippi, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished 
on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Whenever we find ourselves in difficult spots, <laughs> difficult places, places where we have had such great expectations and places where we found the bottom, and we wonder, God, is it finished? <laughs> Am I finished? Is my life over? Because I had all of these expectations and now there's nothing. The crucifixion, the execution of Jesus, even though it looked like the end in reality, it was only the beginning. It was only the beginning of what he would become and what we would know him to be the, resurrect, the resurrected Savior. So in our life, whenever we find ourselves at the bottom, perhaps it's at that bottom that we recognize the greatness of what Jesus has put in us in our mother's womb. Because it's these difficulties that are drawing out the faith and the belief that God is with me. Nothing can separate me from God. God has a plan for my life, a purpose for all of these things that I am going through. Even though I don't understand them, there's still, there's still, there's still hope, a certainty that things will change. You see, we must be certain in our outlook that God has a plan for our life. I, I believe. God has a plan for my life. <laughs> it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. If the same power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal body. So we are alive inside, we are alive eternally because of the spirit of Jesus Christ being alive in us. So when it looks dark in your life, when things aren't going your way, Dare to make a declaration in the darkness. It's finished. But it's at the bottom. But it doesn't mean it's over. It means that it's just begun. It is a declaration that I have faith like Jesus. That he committed and gave himself willingly as a sacrifice in the, and to ask his father to receive his spirit. So it is finished. <laughs> what we're saying is, God, I know you are going to finish what you've begun in my life. You're going to finish it. I don't, un you know, <laughs> we all have to have a file in our head. <laughs> we all have to have a file that says, and I don't know file. <laughs> I don't have the answer file. We put those things that we don't have the answer for, we don't, have, we don't understand why they happen the way they do, and we're never in this life ever going to understand it. So we take that and we put it in the I don't know file, and we let it there knowing that one day when we're in eternity, we'll understand. But until we get there, we don't allow this to keep us back from where we are going. Thank you. <laughs> That's what we say. Amen. <laughs> Will the preacher finish on time? Amen. <laughs> you know, is he going to ever go? Is he ever going to get Jesus resurrected? Yes. 
He's going to get to the end of the sermon. I believe. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> that was for my daughter. <laughs> so, so at the moment when Jesus spoke the words on the cross that is finished, it certainly was that very same uh, part that uh, it is done. He's dead. It's all over. And Mary, his mother, and Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the other Mary, were there. They're the, and then John, John the Beloved. John, the author of the Gospel of John, and the author of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Uh, they, he's there. Because Jesus says, John... There's my mom. Will you take care of her? He was making provisions for his mother at his death that John would help take care of her. But you see, whenever we look at this whole situation of our life and finding the bottom, there's a, there's a prayer that we all know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, on earth, in earth, in earth is us. We are earthen vessels. And we want God's will, your kingdom, to come into our life. Let your kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there are no obstacles to the will of God. In heaven, there are no difficulties that people have to work through. So what we're saying is, God, let your will be accomplished in my life just as easily as it is accomplished in heaven. Let it be that easy in me. <laughs> let me not have the obstacles. You know, one of the great obstacles that we face is we're not good enough or I've done something wrong. I failed in some way. I have sinned and God doesn't love me anymore. That's a lie from the devil. If you don't believe in the devil, listen to your thoughts. When you're told that your sins are too bad, when you're told that you failed to the point of no return, when you, feel, when you have committed things that you knew were wrong and did them anyhow, and you can't be forgiven, that's not God talking to you. Thank you. <laughs> that's my grandson. He wants extra bucks in the egg. <laughs> I'll take care of you, boy. <laughs> so, so. But, you see, when we have those thoughts, we are not thinking God thoughts. You know, there's a scripture I have somewhere here, and it says, Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. 29, there's this group of the Sadducees. Okay, this is my favorite thing. I learned this my first semester in Bible college. The Sadducees, they were a group of religious rulers in Israel. There was the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Sadducees believed that there was no resurrection. They believed that when a person died, they just were absorbed into the, the greater cosmos and you were dead. So the Sadducees were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in a resurrection. So that's how you always remember that. Sadducees don't believe in eternal life. Well, anyhow, they came to Jesus, and they said, when a man is married to a woman, he had, there were seven brothers. 
The oldest one got married and they died. And his widow went and married the second brother. He died. And the third one married her. And he died. You better quit. <laughs> okay. But anyhow, all seven were married to the woman. She's just bad luck. And they all died. So they said to Jesus, whose wife is she in eternity? And Jesus says this, you don't understand. You're mistaken or you are deceived in your philosophy. Because you don't know what the scripture says and you don't know about the power of God. It was funny because they didn't even believe in the resurrection. They didn't even believe in heaven but they were trying to trick Jesus into this, this game that they were playing. And Jesus says to them, you don't understand. You are mistaken and you are deceived because you don't know what the scripture says. That's where we are at in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We don't know about the power of God given to us as we read the scriptures. We often have our own thoughts. We often pick bits and pieces of what people have said about God and what we've heard in sermons or in church. We take bits and pieces and we put together some crazy idea of what God is like and why we're punished and we're this and we're that. But we don't know the scriptures. And we're like the, the Pharisees. You don't understand because you don't know what the Scripture says. You see, when we are looking at the Scriptures, we are looking at what God is trying to tell us about himself. He's, and he, he lets us know a little bit about ourselves, but he's mostly trying to convey to us what his character is. If we knew the character of God, if we knew it so completely, we would never doubt again. <laughs> we would never doubt. You see, you ever have a friend and they say, well, you know, I don't, trust, I don't trust that friend, but you know this friend so completely that you would trust them with your life, you would trust them with everything you have, you would just know that they are really trustworthy. You don't have to doubt this person. Well, that's what the scriptures are trying to tell us about Jesus. If you really understood who this person is, you would never doubt him. So when we read the scriptures, we are finding out how that God is revealing himself to us. How that in the resurrection, we have the hope of eternal life. Hope meaning a definite point in time in which we will know him. And one final thought. Whenever um, Mary, Mary has come to the tomb of Jesus. Tomb is the big stone that's in front of the tomb is rolled away. And she looks inside. And inside the tomb, there's two angels sitting on either end of this slab where Jesus was, you know, they... In those days, they, they carved out a, 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 a cave, 
into the side of the hill, and then they carved out a place, a slab, where a person could be laid. And, that was, and then they put a rock in front of the, big, huge rock in front of the grave, so that nobody would get in and uh, smell, and grave robbers would not be able to hurt the body of Christ or hurt the person in there, rob them. So when Mary looks inside and she says, she sees them, she's crying and she wants to know, where's Jesus? She doesn't even see that they are angels. She doesn't stop and say, wow, there's angels. She was so upset about what has happened because everything was devastated. So she turns from the grave, the cemetery, the cave, and she turns and she sees a person, but she doesn't really see them. She's crying so hard that she doesn't, she can't just get a hold of, hold of herself because Jesus is dead. Everything she had hoped for is gone. And she says to this person that she assumes to be the gardener, if you've taken him somewhere, let me know. And, he, and she says, well, Jesus says to her, why are you weeping? <laughs> why are you crying? You notice, and throughout the scriptures, Jesus asked the blind man, what do you want? The leper, what do you want? The 5,000 who need something to eat, send for the, go look for food, five loaves and two fish. God always asks us, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? Tell me what it is. And, Jesus, and Mary wants to find Jesus. And, and when Mary is crying and she's, she's laying, kneeling right there in front of the feet of Jesus, and she says, where have you taken him? Where have you laid his body so I can go there? And Jesus says the most dramatic words in the scripture. He says, Mary... Mary. And everything changed because she heard the voice of the person she believed in. And it was Jesus. Perhaps she could see through her tears and see his feet, and they were nail-pierced feet. The impossible has happened. The person who was dead, the person she watched be flogged and beaten and hung on a cross, bleeding and dying, and was there when they took him off the cross and his body was limp, and they, they carried him to this tomb and wrapped him in a, a shroud and stuck him in this cave, and they had to get out of there because it was dark, and it was entering into the feast time and the Passover time, and they were not allowed to be around a dead body, and so Jesus was placed in there. Everything that was in her said, he's gone. But when he spoke her name to Mary, the world stood still. Everything stopped because in her heart she heard the voice of God. <laughs> and she looked up and it was him. He's alive. He calls our name. And the reality of his life is something only the Holy Spirit can make real to you. 
We can give you a history about things that and events that are in our mind. But only Jesus can reveal himself to our hearts. Amen. <laughs> he is alive, and because he lives, I will live also. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in me, he will quicken my mortal body, and I will live also with him. Shall we stand? <laughs> when he calls your name, <laughs> you know, and he speaks our name to our heart. It isn't, we don't have to be dead. We just have to be open. And whether it's in the, at night in your, in your bed, when you're alone somewhere and you're wondering, just stop, ask Jesus to make himself real to you. If you think you don't have the right to ask, if you think you have failed to ask, if you think that God isn't listening, that is not God speaking to you. <laughs> because if you hear those things, feel that, that is the Holy Spirit, that is God speaking to your heart, of God wanting to renew, reveal, restore, bring out the life that he had placed inside of you. Jesus, we thank you that you are the one who died for our sin. You went through the cross. You endured the cross so that we might know you and that we might have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Now in this moment, I ask you, O oh God, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Live within my heart. Make everything new. Because, Lord, I now know you as my Savior. It's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple. So as I say this prayer, repeat it after me. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Live within my heart. Create a new life in me. And when I die, I will be at home with you forever. Amen. Thank you, God, for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you for the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Shake hands. Get a hug. Get your flowers. <laughs> And have a happy Easter. <laughs>